If I told you a couple months ago that schools wouldn't be meeting, that sporting events wouldn't be happening, that concerts all over would be canceled, and that people would be walking around wearing masks, you would think I was either insane or impaired. And, you know, a few years back, you'd probably be right on both accounts. But this is exactly where we find ourselves, schools meeting from home. By the way, if, if you're, if you're going to continue to homeschool, even after you don't have to homeschool, honestly, I don't know whether to pray for you or like praise you. We should drop in both of them. Can somebody drop in some praise hands and comments? Others of you drop in the prayer hands and comments because I think you need both. I ain't, I'm not. I mean, I, this week, Jake, my 12 year old, it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday morning, 930. I'm like, Jake, you probably should get after your, uh, your schoolwork for the day. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, you're done. You've been up for 47 minutes. You're not done. He's like, nope, I'm good. I just thought to myself, you know what? If that kid is the dumbest kid in his class next year, it ain't my fault. I'm trying. I am trying. The school from home, church from home, right? Work from home. We don't meet in the boardrooms. We meet on Zoom rooms, right? Which, by the way, the most awkward part of a Zoom call, if you don't already know this, is the ending. It's like you say goodbye to everybody, and then you're like fumbling to try to shut the thing off, and people are like, still, it's just, I just shut my laptop. I'm like, it's done. But I, I did see a funny, oh my gosh, this is funny. I saw a video of a guy that he was on a Zoom call, and uh, he thought it was done, and he stands up uh, in his underwear, okay? Don't act like you've never done that. Some of you are watching this in your underwear, but uh, this guy stands up, and he's stretching, and the people are still watching him on, that were on the call. He's scratching, he's stretching in his underwear. Finally, one of the gals says, I gotta call him and let him know. So she calls the guy and you can see him on the video answering. He's like, yeah, we met a great meeting. She's like, we can still see you. <laughs> he darted for the other room so fast. I mean, it was hilarious. So it's funny because it wasn't me. Uh, so anyway, um, but all these things happening from home. All, but even though we want some things to return to normal, and I do, some things, I believe there are things that God wants to make new. I mean, that's what this series, The New Normal, is all about. Like, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at people in the Bible, uh, characters in the Bible, and we're going to look at um, when they were uh, positioned with a crossroads or a crisis, how they handled it. See, some handled it well and came out good on the other side. That's my prayer for you and I. Others, like the story you're going to hear today, not so much. Not so much. But I'm here to tell you, I believe with all my heart, this season in life, this opportunity is just that, an opportunity. It's an opportunity to like turn the page in a new chapter of your life, to, to, to resurrect something different in your life, to create a new you, type that in comments, a new me, a new me. I'm toying with the idea, like I'm thinking about it, like, cause you know me as what? Pastor Monty, right? This is Pastor Monty, but what if, and work with me here, what if you have professional Pastor Monty? That is right, check that out. Yes, that is option one, but you might like option number two even better. You ready for this? You have Cowboy Pastor Monty. Saddle up, partner. It is time to whip and ride. Yee-haw! Okay, all right. How about option three then, if you didn't like that? Then we have Gangsta Pastor Monty. We're all my homies. Come on, devil, you be riding up on me. I will pop a cap right in your. And then you have, last but not least, Backwoods Hillbilly Pastor Monty, aka Tiger King, employee of the month. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do this. What? Okay, there's some things you just can't unsee. Jethro, say say goodbye to everybody. Like wave goodbye to everybody. Thank you, thank you. And we're out.
All right, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead and place your vote for which one of those you think we should go with. But I'm here to, my point is this. We have an opportunity for a new normal. Maybe not quite like that, but something new. And I think so many people right now were so anxious to get back to the way it was. I want to get back to the familiar. I want to get back to what I knew. But what if what you're so desperate to get back to is the very thing that is holding you back from what God has for you? Do you know what I'm saying? This is a new normal. I'm here to tell somebody, you need to type it in comments, you need to own it. Normal has left the building and you need to let him go. Okay, because God has something new. Type that title in the comments. Normal has left the building, and it has. I want to take you on a journey today, a journey that, that is the, the Israelites, the, the God's chosen people in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, if, you brought a, if you brought a Bible, if you got a Bible in front of you, which, let's face it, most of you probably don't right now. That's cool. Look at the screen. We'll put it on there. But Exodus chapter 16 Exodus chapter 16, the second book of the Bible, the Israelites have just been let out of a slavery. It's all they knew, say normal. That's right, normal. Normal was slavery, normal was bondage. Moses has led them through the Red Sea, you know the story, and they are, now they're free. They're free maybe out here, but here and here, they're still in bondage. They still want to go back to what, it's insane to think they want to go back to this, but they do, and I want to show it to you. So let's pick it up. In Exodus 16, verse 1, I want to read this to you. So they're out of, they're out of slavery. The whole community of Israel set out from Elam, and they journeyed into the Sin Desert. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, <laughs> already, this isn't looking good, is it? It's like the family I walking down Manhattan and saying, hey, there's an alley called Murder and Destruction. Let's check it out. Anyway, so, but actually, Sin Desert had nothing to do with sin. It was just a name, like, had to do with Mount Sinai anyway, because it's between Elam and Mount Sinai. So they arrived there one month after leaving the land of Egypt. So they're one month in their freedom. The whole community, listen to what they're doing, of Israel complained to Moses and Aaron. So they're starting the complaining. They're free, but complaining. Here we go. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around with pots filled with meat, and we ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Isn't it interesting? Notice what they're focused on. Notice what their mind is doing. They're, they're, they're talking about all the meat they ate. I'm guessing it wasn't that good, but in their mind it was. I'm guessing the bread was probably stale, even moldy. It certainly wasn't those Texas Roadhouse buns from heaven. It wasn't that, but yet they're focused on that. And this is the main point that I want you to take away. If you take away nothing else, own this. You ready? Sam, ready. All right, here we go. When you're tempted to return to normal, and you will be, when you're tempted to return to normal, you will often ignore the bad and exaggerate the good. I'll say it again. You will often ignore all the bad things and exaggerate the little that was good. And if we're honest, we've all been guilty of doing this. Girls, maybe you've done it with, a, with a, maybe an ex-boyfriend or maybe it's a current boyfriend, I don't know. But your girlfriends tell you, he ain't the right one for you. He ain't that nice. He ain't that cute. And he ain't that smart. And if you're honest and you look at it, you know that you probably had more stimulating conversations with your Dyson vacuum cleaner than you've had with this guy, right? It's like, oh, yeah, baby, get, yeah, pick that up. Ooh, get the corner. Anyway, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you remember, 
You remember the one night that was so good, that candlelight dinner, and then you cuddled on the couch and he actually watched a Lifetime movie with you. He wasn't watching the movie, okay? He was sleeping. But anyway, you remember that. And, uh, you, you, and then you start to think about the unknown. You're like, oh, I don't want to dump him. And then I got to go to online dating. And with my luck, I'll end up with like the next Jeffrey Dahmer or worse yet, like a Minnesota Vikings fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I miss talking about sports. So uh, yeah, but again, main you will, be, you will often ignore the bad and exaggerate the good. Verse four, let's continue the journey. Then Moses said, or then the Lord said to Moses, look, li listen to this promise. I am going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. Think about it. The Israelites want to go back to bondage. They want to go back to slavery because that's their normal. But Moses is telling, or God's telling Moses, I have a plan in place that has been set into motion. Today, God wants you to know something, that he has gone before you. He is preparing a way. But if all you do is return to what you knew, you will never experience the new that God has for you. God has something new. It is time for something new. Say it's time. Type it's time. God has something new. He wants to do it. And listen to me. Change is happening. It's happening all around us. This is, this is why it's such an opportunity because it forces us to look at things in our lives. Change is, and change is inevitable. It's in, in the world, it's inevitable. But in your life, it's optional. Like you have the choice. You can make the decision. What do you want to change? What do you want different? I think it's easy to say, God, I want you to change my circumstances. God, I want you to change my surroundings. That's what the Israelites are saying. Man, I don't want to be in the desert. I don't want to be out here with these people. You know, they don't want that. But what if God isn't so interested in changing our surroundings or what's around us, but instead he actually wants to change something in us? I believe this with all my heart. Will you go with me for a second? What if? What if during this time, during this crisis, God is actually wanting to do something in it? I, I won't tell you that he caused it. I don't believe he caused it. I mean, th this isn't a good thing that's happening, but I believe with all my heart, God wants to do something incredibly good in it. He wants to do something. What if he wants to drive us and draw us closer to him? What if he wants to actually position us in a way that we, 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 we become married to our God-given purpose and start living the, living the life that God purposed and planned? I believe it with all my heart. This is why I'm so excited about this, about this series and about this message. So God is doing something new, not just today, but, but back then with the Israelites. L listen to what he does. Remember he says, I'll rain down food. Verse 13, we'll pick it up. That evening, vast numbers of quail, of birds, flew in and covered the camp. Can you imagine? That's my kind of hunting, by the way. It's like, God, I'm ready for the birds. Send them in, and they just come raining down. You, I ain't got to shoot them. Just got to hit with the butt of the gun. I'd probably limit out. Probably not. But anyway, that's, yeah. So birds everywhere. And the next morning, the area of the camp is wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, the Bible says a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. They're like, what is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is food the Lord has given you to eat. It's called frosted flakes. And they're great. Okay, it, sorry, it didn't say that, but it just fit. So uh, these are, and then, okay, I'm sorry, focus. These are the Lord's instructions. I love it. The Bible says that. 
Each household should go and gather as much as it needs. Pick up two cords for each person in your tent. I love that God is not a God of disorder. I love that God is not a God of chaos. I love that when God puts us on a new path and a new direction and a new normal, he's going to give us all the instructions that we need to live the life that he purposed and planned. Don't you love that? If, you, if you're wondering, God, I don't hear from you. God, I don't have a direction from you. God, I don't know if you're instructing me. I guarantee you draw close to him. He will instruct you. He will guide you. He will speak to you. He will show you. He is a God of instruction and a God of order. He's so good. Verse 17. So the people of Israel, you ready for this? The people of Israel did what they were told. Some gathered a lot, some a little, but when they measured it all out, everyone had enough. All oh, God's economy works really well. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. Those who had gathered, gathered a little had just enough, but each family, it all equaled out and they had what they needed. Verse 19, then Moses told them, do not keep any of it till morning. Okay, now that's different for them. You know why it's different? Because they're not used to that. That's a new normal. Don't keep anything. See, when you're a slave, when you're in bondage, you'll keep everything you have. In fact, you'll hoard it, you'll consume it, you'll take it because you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. You don't know what, if you'll have anything tomorrow. So what he's telling them is, well, what he's telling him is, trust me. In other words, trust God, don't keep any of it. Of course, some of them couldn't, couldn't let normal leave the building. Some of them didn't listen and they kept some of it till morning. And that some of it they, they kept was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was upset and angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes that they had not picked up melted and disappeared. God is teaching them, I'll provide you just what you need. I am a good God. On the sixth day, check this out, this is different. On the sixth day, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts instead of two. Then all the leaders said to Moses, what's going on? We don't get it. And Moses told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is going to be a day of complete rest. The holy Sabbath set apart for the Lord. So bake and boil the extra as much as you have for today, all you want, and set it aside so you have more for tomorrow. So they did that. They put aside some until morning, just as Moses commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. And personally, that's how I prefer my food. I mean, when I order it, I'm like, you know what? You hold the maggots. I, the keto, it, it's not part of that. So uh, Moses said, eat this food today for today is the Sabbath dedicated to God and there will be no food on the ground. You may gather food for six days, but on the seventh day, it's rest. It's Sabbath. You could say it's trust. Say it's trust. Trust me. Trust my plan. Trust that I'm good. Trust that the new normal will be way better than what you can dream or imagine. Trust me. There will be no food on the ground this day because you'll have all that you need. Verse 27, here we go again. They want to go back to the old normal. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day. Again, you can't get too mad at them. Moses was upset with them. God was even upset with them. But think about it. For all their life, that's all they knew. I need to consume. I need to take. I need to get. I need to hoard. This is the way it's been. This is the way it's always been. But when they went out, when they went out guess what? They found no food on the ground. They found nothing. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will they refuse to obey my commands and instructions? And I can't help but wonder if God is looking down right now, if God is asking Gabriel or Michael, the archangel in heaven, he's saying, how long? 
How long will they not trust me? How long will they not listen? How long will they not obey and do what I'm telling them to do? What I love about the Sabbath day, check it out. It said it was a day uh, dedicated to God, but it was a day for them. Uh, it sh I'll show you. It says that. Let's keep going. Um, verse 28, the Lord asked Moses, okay, how long will they not obey? Verse 29, they must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. I'll say that again. They must realize the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. To you. So it's not, God doesn't, oh, you got to be in church and you got to be in the word, you got to pray. No, 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 you get to, you get to, you get to. It's for you. The Sabbath was for them. God was teaching them to rest, teaching them to trust, teaching them to, 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 to be in him. That is, that is why he gave them a two-day supply, the word says, on the sixth day, so there'll be enough for two days. He's teaching them. On the Sabbath, each of you must stay in your place. We're, we're pretty good at that right now. It don't go out and pick up food on the seventh day. So the people didn't gather on that seventh day, it said. Oh, what God wants to do in this. I think God is, is, is teaching us in this moment what really matters. What God tried to show the Israelites, what really matters. That food, by the way, that frosted flakes, it was called manna. And they actually ate that every day for 40 years. 40 years. I mean, so the next time your kids complain about eating leftover spaghetti in the fridge, honestly, read them this story. You tell us, show them. And then, you'll, then tell them the story about when you went to school, when people actually had to go to school, how you went up the hill, you know, both ways, uh, you know, in the blizzard, snowing, you didn't have shoes, and, you know, there were zombies. You tell them that. Tell them how it was when you were a kid. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, they ate, they ate manna for 40 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, the, the, these people we're talking about, these Israelites, the, the, this group, never saw the promises of God. This is, this is kind of one of the sad stories I would say. Um, that was never the plan. They could never let go of the old normal. Complaining is what they knew. Lack of trust is what they knew. God desperately wanted to change something in them and they wouldn't allow him to do it because they just couldn't trust because of the way it's been. I don't want to be like that. But, but look how good God is. Look what he does. And this was one of the key things that blew me away in this message. Verse 32. Then the Lord said, oh, excuse me, then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container, remember two quarts, that's what each person got, of manna, and preserve it for your descendants. Then later generations would be able to see, say see, say, type see, put, put the eye emoji, see. Then they'll be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. God set them free, but they were never truly set free because they never stepped into the new land that he had for them. He provided for them, he loved them, he instructed them, he guided them, but they couldn't let go of the old. They couldn't let go of the normal that they knew, but God gives them this visual. God gives them this reminder because he knows, okay, if you don't want to step into it, maybe your children or their children or their children because I have blessings for generations to come. And when they look at the manna and they see the jar, they will know that I am a God of my promise. I am a God that provides. There's something powerful about a visual. There's something powerful. I wonder if God is calling you right now in this season to set up a visual in your home. Something to remind you of this season, this weird time that we're in and remind you that you're not going back. That you're not going back. It's interesting. I uh, during the season, actually, right before this crisis happened, I started working out again. I got back into it. Now you probably you probably knew that before I even said it. I'm sure you could tell. But anyway, so I'm I've been working out, and uh, I was going through my pictures. This was a while ago. This was like months ago, and I came across a picture. 
I thought I had, I don't have it here with me, but I, it was a picture. And uh, the picture was, um, well, it was this guy, he was like, he was cut, like he was buff. And I remember looking at him like, who in the heck? And I look closer, I'm like, oh, that's me. That's why I was in the best shape of my life. It was a few years back, but I'm like, oh my gosh. And every time, now as I'm working out again, if I need incentive, if I need drive, I will grab that picture and I look at it. My first thought is, who's this again? And then once I realize it was me again, I'm like, okay, that's why I'm working out. That's why I'm lifting weights. That's why I'm running because running doesn't come natural to me, okay? I normally run when I'm getting chased and that's about it. So I need incentive. I need a reminder. I need a visual. It's like this. I want to show you this. This, this is something that the church where I got saved and I met Jesus, they gave my family and I this when we were planting Starting Meadows Church. This is, this is my memorial. You could say this is my jar of manna. This is what I look at when I, when I need a reminder that, that we're called to be light in the world. That when things get dark, like, like they can be right now, when people start to struggle like we do every day, when people want to give up, and, and when you feel like giving up or I feel like giving up, I'm supposed to look to the light. I'm supposed to look to the lighthouse, and, and, it, and it drives me and reminds me. I need a visual reminder of what I'm called to do because like you, I get weak. I get tired. I struggle. I get depressed too, maybe you're depressed. I'm telling you, I'm there, I've been there, but I need a visual to remind me, okay, it's bigger than me. People need hope, people need light, people need direction, people need purpose, people need Jesus, and I look at this and I see that. Also, when I grab this, I feel like I should thank the Academy. Every time I pick it up, I, it's just weird. But what visual do you need? What maybe, you're gonna, maybe it's a picture for you. Maybe it's something you're going to make with your family. Maybe it's something that you're going to go out and buy and you're going to set somewhere and you're going to look at it. You're going to say, I'm not going back. One of my good friends, before this crisis happened, this is a few months ago, his normal got turned upside down through what? A crisis. See, his normal was like maybe a lot of us. It's It's working during the day, hanging out with the family, having some beers at night, you know, Saturday, maybe uh, getting with the neighborhood, doing some day drinking, you know, just normal stuff like that. And uh, well, it, it, like I said, a crisis happened. And, and he had a choice. He could go back to what he knew, right? Exaggerate all the good that it was. Oh, it was good. It was fun. We had a great time. And then minimize what was bad. Or he could step into a new normal. He could step, and I'm so proud of him. He stepped into a new normal. And you know what he sent me? Check out this picture. Yeah, what he's holding right there in his hand, that they call it a chip, it's really a coin. And what it commemorates is 90 days clean and sober. 90 days that he hasn't had one drink. He was so proud to send me that picture and I texted back, I said, I'm so proud of you. I am so excited about what, what, what is happening in your life. And you know what he told me? I love it. He said, I ain't going back. He said, I'm not going back, I'm never going back. And I said, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. This is my question for you as we close. What parts of your normal are you not supposed to go back to? What parts of normal are you supposed to leave in the past? I, I'm asking, I, I need you to own that. I need you to write that down this week. If you're confident right now and you wanna tell us, drop it in comments, I wanna know. What parts of your normal, what parts of the past do you need to leave in the past? Is it a way of thinking? Is it, is, is it a, a thought process? Is it a habit? Like we just talked about, is it a relationship maybe? Is it, okay, check this out, is it busyness? See, I think for, for most of us, if we're honest, before this happened, it was packing as much as we can. It was a schedule. It was go, 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 do, do, do. And what if God is calling us to step back? Remember the Israelites? Step back, rest in me, trust me, get about the Father's business. 
I, I, I'm just going to say it. I don't know about you parents, but I kind of like not taking my kids to 14 different places every day. It's kind of a relief. I'm getting used to it. So uh, what if? What if God is calling us to get about getting in his word? You know, eating that spiritual nourishment, um, getting into a life group. We talk about that all the time. I'm, I'm, we'll drop a link and I'm begging you. We do them virtually right now, but soon, you know, down the road here, we'll be meeting again face to face. But until then, we still meet this way. We want you in that. We want to walk with you in this. What parts of normal do you need to leave behind? By the way, I'm proud of you. I want to say it because you're leaning in right now. You're watching a word from God. You're listening to a word from God. And when you seek God, he changes you. He, the Bible says you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's why I think this new season is such an opportunity. So way to go. Way to go. What is God calling you to do? I believe that God wants us to, to truly get back to trusting him in this time. The Israelites could never do it. But what about you and I? Will we do it? Let's set up our visual, set up our memorial. Because at the end of the day, I need you to know something. Our life will not change until we make God a priority rather than just a passing thought. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Our lives won't change until we make God a priority instead of just a passing thought. And I'm guilty. I've been guilty so much in my life of just a passing thought. Oh, God, pray to God quick. Do this, do that. But other than that, 98% of my life is about me and my family and my agenda. But I'm telling you, God wants our lives to change. Remember, the Sabbath is for you. Say it's for me. Type it's for me. It's for you. What will you leave behind? What is God calling you to do? Our life won't change. And that visual, I, I love it. I, I, wanna, I want you to tell us what you're going to do for a visual, man. Tell us during the week. Email us at hello at meadows.church. I want to know what you're going to do to set to remind yourself. Do you know how powerful that jar of manna, that visual was? It impacted the Israelites for thousands of years. You want me to show you? A thousand years later, over a thousand years later, Jesus... Jesus Christ himself was having a conversation with descendants, with Israelites, that God, remember he said, your descendants will see me. Your descendants will see my goodness. Your descendants will see my faithfulness. Jesus Christ, John 6, 30, listen to this. The Israelites are talking to Jesus. Jesus, they want, they want him to reveal himself. Show us, show us a miraculous sign in John 6, 30. Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Jesus is like... All right, where do you want me to start? Verse 31, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. Wow, how did they know that? The scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Well, Jesus had to correct them a little bit. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. He's good at that. I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven or them bread from heaven. My father did. It came from God. And now he offers you, Jesus says, and he's speaking to the Israelites, but he's speaking to you and I. Make no mistake. He offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And listen to the response. They say, sir, give us that bread every day. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never thirst again. I'm here to tell somebody, Jesus knows your deepest needs and he's the only one who can meet them. It's Jesus. He's telling you, you don't need the man anymore. You don't need uh, the, the quail anymore. You have Jesus Christ, the son of man, the son of God. He is the one. He is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And this 
is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what he was showing them. He's saying, this is why I came. This is why in communion we say, this is the bread. Represents the body broken for you. The bread of life. Jesus. Man, I want to give you the gospel like you've never heard it before in your life. And if you have, pretend like you have it for a second. And let this hit you like it's new. Like it's the new normal. Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Son of God, came to earth for you and I. For you and I. And he gave up everything. All of it. And he he lived this perfect life for you and I. Life that, let, come on, we can't live for more than five minutes. We can't go without screwing something up, it seems like. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I, I struggle. And maybe you do too. And Jesus says, I know you struggle. I see you struggle. And that's why I came. Because I want to set you free. I want to make you new. So Jesus Christ goes to that cross, the same cross that he wants to meet you at today. And he dies there. But here's the good news. Jesus doesn't stay dead. No, no, no. Three days later, he would rise from the dead. The greatest miracle in history. He would burst forth from the tomb, defeating sin and defeating death. And the Bible says that anyone who calls on his name, anyone who believes in him and calls on his name will be saved. And this is where new life begins. This is where the new normal begins. It begins nowhere else but with Jesus. And I, 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 I am I am asking, I am telling you, consider the good news of Jesus and what he was doing in you right now. And I'll remind you, I'm not talking about religion and neither was Jesus. Do you know why I tell you that? Because what religion says is this, change, change the way that you act. And then, then, then you're welcome. Change the way that you talk. Change everybody you're hanging out with. Change what you do and how you appear and then follow me. Change and then follow me. That's what religion says. But Jesus says, follow me and I will change your life. That's a big difference. You don't have to have it all figured out. He did it for you. Surrender everything to him right now in the name of Jesus, whether it's a, a commitment to him right now in this new season or a recommitment, whatever it is, I'm asking that you would type three words. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Let us know. It, type them in comments right now. I choose Jesus. Jesus, I want this new normal. I don't want to go back to the way it was. God has something better, and that's exactly why Jesus came. I choose Jesus. What are you going to do with what you heard today? It starts with, I choose Jesus. I pray that as I'm, as I'm going to pray for you, you are typing that in comments right now. We want to walk with you. Jesus Christ came for you. He has purpose for your life. He has a new season waiting for you. Remember the memorial. Remember the visual. And remember to answer the question, what parts of, of, of the old are you going to leave in the old? Because I guarantee you're not supposed to go exactly, you're not supposed to go exactly the way back the way it was. God wants something new for you. Let me pray for you. Father, man, thank you so much for your word. I don't know where I'd be without it. Um, I thank you so much for the lessons we can learn from the Israelites who, God bless them, God, I, I, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't shake the old, they couldn't shake the, the normal that it was, and you kept loving, you kept providing, but, but, and then you kept blessing 
not just them, but their descendants. And we can see from the story, God, that you want to do something new in us. You, this is a new time. This is unprecedented. And in this time, um, I, I, I firmly believe, God, that you are being so obvious that there's parts of normal that should never go back to normal again, at least not in our lives. What will we do? I believe that it centers on making you a priority in our lives, whether God that's getting in the word, jumping in a life group, um, starting with, I choose Jesus. It's, life starts with Jesus. He is the center. He is everything. God, I pray for everybody listening. I pray for everybody watching. I pray for their families. And my biggest prayer right now, God, is that they will, they will do something with what they've heard. They will, they will set up that visual. They will take steps into to, to not going back to the craziness and the busyness, but instead resting in you, trusting you, and believing that in you, God, the best is truly yet to come because it is. We believe it, we declare it, and we will never stop saying it, God. We love you, we thank you, and it's in your precious son Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We wanna invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching and God bless you.